This program is brought to you by the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries. Coming up next on Changing Your World. Your relationship with God going to take the foolishness out of you. Your relationship with God is going to convince you that's not the best thing to keep doing. Your relationship with God is going to get you off the bottle. It's going to get you out of the whorehouse. It's going to get you out of places you, you, you wonder how, they, how you got in in the first place. It is your right relationship with God that will expose you to the benefit of the blessing. Dallas, Texas, in Chicago, Illinois. Creflo Dollar presents Change Experience 2020. Are you ready for your change? Don't miss this free event, April 24th at 7 p.m. in Dallas, Texas, and June 12th at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 7 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois. You don't want to miss these spectacular events. Seats are limited. Don't delay. Go online and register now. If you have your Bibles, uh, I, I want to deal with something. Uh, you know, we're continuing to talk about the grace-based success, but you know, you have to ask yourself a question: Are people Christians because they seek the benefits, or are they Christians because they seek the intimacy of knowing God? And if the truth is told, most people are in it for the benefits. The benefits have become the motivation for the relationship, for coming to church. And all of a sudden, we're not really interested in growing in our relationship with Jesus more than we are, what's the next five principles I can use to get something for myself? The danger of that is when first things become second things, then you don't get the benefit of the first or the second. <laughs> and first things have to be first. Turn to your neighbor and say, first things first. And if first things are first, second things will be second. <laughs> and the benefits are not first things. The benefits will always be second things. Your healing, your finances, your peace, they will always be second things. But whenever you try to make those first things, then you won't get God in, as far as intimacy is concerned, and you won't get the second thing either. We've got to change our mentality and our mindset concerning these things. You got to stop getting involved in the things of God because you're more interested in the benefits than you are the intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, <laughs> I actually wrote two sermons. I don't know which one, I don't know which one I'm going to preach. Uh, but you, I just trust God. I have a relationship with him. Maybe all of those notes were for me. But um, I'm going to pick up... Uh, in the book of Galatians and chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, and uh, reestablish our foundation from last week and uh, define for you worship and what that is. It's, it's just been, I don't know about you, but it's something happening in my relationship with Jesus Christ because I now know how he wants to be worshiped. 
And so the relationship with God. Christianity was never meant to be a religion. Religion requires for you to do something to get something. Christianity was never intended to be a religion. Christianity is a relationship. It is an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship between you, the Christian, the creature, and God, your creator. That's what it is. And if there's no time being spent with God, and you don't know him, and there's no intimacy in the relationship that you have with the Father, then what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you wearing a Christian t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian, and when you die and go to heaven, you're going to walk right past Jesus because you never got to know him. And so uh, I pray that our church will come to a place where we're more interested in the, the motivation behind me coming to church is that he wants to be worshipped. So I'm going to participate in a worship service designed to give him the glory. It is not me coming to church for my benefit. It is me coming because he is already, without doing one more thing, he has already done enough for me. To at least for me to say thank you. You know the question, has God ever done anything for you? Well, he's worthy to be praised. Amen? All right. So let's watch this. Let's, let's look at this. Galatians 3.13. Let's read it out loud together. Ready to read. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone that hangeth on the tree. Now, right here, you know, he's addressing the issue that under the law by Moses, the law by Moses, there were 613 laws. And the agreement was you would have to keep all 613 of the laws in order to be blessed. That if you can keep all 613 laws, then you'll be blessed in the city, and you'll be blessed in the field, and you'll be blessed going in, you'll be blessed going out, and it's going to be based on you meeting this condition of being obedient to the law that came by Moses. Well, in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 28, it also had a curse associated with it. It said, now, if you cannot be obedient to all the law, 613 of those laws, then you're going to be cursed. And then it gives a list of all the curses that actually came on people because they were trying to keep and obey the law, but they could not. And as a result, they were cursed. Well, Jesus says, you know what? I don't want you guys to have to go through that. He said, I have perfectly satisfied the quota, in a sense. I, I, I became your peace offering. I became your ransom. I became your, your payment. I became everything you needed. I kept all 613. And now all you need to do is to receive me as the peace offering and receive me as the ransom paid. And I have done all of that so you won't be cursed for not being able to keep 613 of the laws. If everybody understands that, say, say amen. amen. So you, we're, not, we're no longer talking about generational curses. If you make Jesus the Lord of your life, then you are no longer cursed. You cannot be cursed for not being able to keep all 613 of the laws because Jesus absorbed the curse. He became the curse. But why did he do all of that? Verse 14 now tells us why he did all of that. That the blessing of Abraham might come on you through Jesus Christ. So Jesus died, became the curse, 
paid the ransom so the blessing of Abraham might come on you through Jesus Christ. Now notice, under the law, the blessing came on you because you were able, well not able, but the, the agreement was you, you do and keep, be obedient to all the law, then you'll get blessed. So under the old covenant, you had to do something in order to get blessed. Under the old covenant, there was performance was required in order to get blessed. But here, under this covenant of grace, he says, this is how you get the blessing. I died, became a curse, so that you might have the blessing through Jesus Christ. So under the covenant of the grace, you are blessed because of Jesus. Say out loud, I'm blessed because of Jesus. I'm blessed because of Jesus. You are not blessed because of what you do. You're not blessed because you fulfilled a quota. You're not blessed because you even obeyed the law. You're blessed because you have faith in Jesus Christ. Our blessing, we are, we are. The Bible says the blessing of Abraham. So those of you who are born again, you have the blessing of Abraham. Say out loud, I have the blessing of Abraham. I have the blessing. Not because I kept all of the law, but because I believed that Jesus was the sacrifice. He was the, 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 uh, the purchase. He, he was the, uh, <laughs> the peace offering, the sacrifice, <clears throat> he paid the price so I can have the blessing of Abraham. Get that. He did this one thing so I can have the blessing of Abraham. So at least this morning, let's do this. I believe I received the blessing of Abraham. I believe I received the blessing of Abraham. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Or, or because of Jesus. I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham. So now every morning, get up and remind yourself, I'm blessed. All right, now notice what he says. He says, now you have the blessing of Abraham. I died. I became a curse. So you have the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Again, receiving the promise is going to be through faith. All right? Now look at verse uh, 16 and 29, Galatians 3, 16 and 29. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. You're going to get this, man. You're going to get this. Y'all need to get ready. There's a tsunami of change getting ready to, to interrupt your life. You think you've known the blessing. You have not known the blessing yet. And I'm going to show you Jesus is the blessing. The car's not the blessing. It's the result of the blessing. You can't define the blessing by its results. I used to use this illustration years ago when I first started teaching on the blessing. When you see leaves that are being blowing down the street, that's not the wind, that's the result of the wind. You can't define the wind by its results. You have to define it by its nature. And so many people try to define the blessing by its results. So many people trying to say the car is the blessing, the healing's the blessing, the deliverance the blessing. That's not the blessing. That is a result of the blessing. We got to realize what the blessing is by nature and not try to define it by its results. Because if you start trying to define the blessing by its results, and you think, well, the blessing is money, then you'll think the blessing, every time you mention it, it's money. No. And that's a big problem we're in today. You're trying to define the blessing as a miracle. That's not the blessing. That's a result of the blessing. You need to know what the blessing is so you won't confuse what the blessing is by nature versus what the blessing causes to be manifested. Whew. 
I want you to understand that you can have a relationship with the blessing. Then you can see the benefits that come out of the relationship. Amen. He says in verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Verse 29, where do we fit into this? Galatians 3, 29. He says, and if you be Christ, how many of you be Christ this morning? That means you, you got born again, all right? So if you be Christ, then are you what? Abraham's seed. Abraham's seed. Abraham seed. Say out loud, I'm the seed of Abraham. Say, I have the blessing of Abraham because I'm the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. So you're the seed of Abraham, you have the blessing of Abraham, and you, have, you are the heir according to the promise that God made to Abraham. The seed of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, and you are an heir to the promise that God made to Abraham. The seed of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, and you are an heir to the promise that God made to Abraham. Glory be to God. You need to recognize who you are. The devil ain't messing with no messy stuff. You, you are the seed of Abraham. You have the blessing of Abraham, and you are an heir to the promise that God made to Abraham. You need to remind yourself every now and then who you are and what you have. Amen. All right, now go to Romans 4.13. Uh, I'm going to read it in the King James and then switch immediately to the um, uh, New Living Translation. All right. For the promise. So what's the promise that God made? Because I'm a seed of Abraham. I have the blessing of Abraham. I'm an heir of the promise of Abraham. So what's the promise? What, what do I have coming? For the promise that he should be the heir of the world. Oh. I'm an heir of the world. Say that. Say it again. Say it one more time. Question I have for you is, do you believe that? Some of you do, some of you don't. That's a rough thing to, to absorb. You're coming to church this morning and find out that you have inherited the world, all of its goods, all of its riches, all of its advantages. You, you are an heir of the world. You, you, you who are in Christ are an heir of the world. Now, God's getting ready to do a switcheroo. So far, Christian people have looked like they were at the bottom. But he's getting ready to do a switcheroo. You heard it like this. The last. I said the last shall be first. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not in last place. Well, you ain't in first place either. <laughs> For the promise that he should be the heir of the world, he said it was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but it was through the righteousness of faith. All right, now my question to you is, why do we not see Christian people operating on a level um, where they're operating in the promise, or why do we not see Christian people in this position where they are living on a little higher level than what they're living? And there's a reason why. There's a reason why. One of the reasons he says is that, go back to King James before we switch over. One of the reasons he says is that the fact that he did not give the promise 
to Christian people for them to operate by the law. He didn't give the promise through the law. What does that mean? That means you're working to deserve it. That means you're always doing something to, de to deserve it. He says I can get, it's a promise and it's a gift. And if you have to do something to deserve the gift, it's no longer a gift, is it? Huh? So why is it then that there aren't more New Testament Christians experiencing the full blessing of Abraham? Either, either we have the blessing or don't. Why are we not seeing very many Christians experience the full blessing of Abraham? If it's in the Bible and the Bible is true, why don't we see a lot of Christians experiencing the full blessing of Abraham? Where are they? And here's what I wrote down. I want to read it to you before I talk about it. The blessing of Abraham for the new covenant believer is made void and it is of no effect when you try to earn and deserve it through your efforts. Hence the secret to walking in the blessing of Abraham in your life is to stop trying to deserve it. Instead, exercise your faith to believe that you are righteous through Jesus' finished work. The more righteous conscious you are, the more blessings you will experience. The more righteous conscious you are, the more blessings you will experience. The Abrahamic blessing of being an heir of the world comes by trusting entirely on God's unmerited favor in your life. So one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of Christians experiencing the blessing of Abraham is because they keep trying to do something to earn it. They keep trying to do something to deserve it. And the Bible says that this promise was given to you because of a right relationship with God, not because you keep the law. Let me show you this. And um, look at this in the New Living Translation. It's, it's Romans 4.13. Everything that you're going to, everything good that you ever get in life, it comes from a relationship that you have with God. You're not wasting your time by having a relationship with God. Now look at this. Clearly God promised to give the whole world, the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. It was based not on his obedience to God's law, but it was based on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. And that's what we tell people. You know, the blessing is not working in my life. It's because you're not being perfectly obedient to the law. No, no, no. He says that this blessing shows up in your life because of a right relationship with God that comes by faith. A right relationship with God. And out of that right relationship, the benefit is born. The blessing. Out of that right relationship, the benefit is born. The blessing. Out of that relationship, the right relationship with God, the relationship with God where you say, I'm born again, and I believe that Jesus has already done it. When you believe the blessing is a part of the finished work, you're not trying to pursue and get the blessing. You believe it's already been given as a gift, so you receive it by faith, and you know you have a right to it because you are the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ, and it is your right relationship with God that allows you to walk in the blessing. It is faith that you save and you're right with God. It is faith that you're right with God even though you don't keep the law, even though you're not living perfectly, 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 perfectly right because you know the relationship with God's going to fix all that. 
Your relationship with God going to take the foolishness out of you. Your relationship with God is going to convince you that's not the best thing to keep doing. Your relationship with God is going to get you off the bottle. It's going to get you out of the whorehouse. It's going to get you out of places you, you, you wonder how, do you, how you got in in the first place. It is your right relationship with God that will expose you to the benefit of the blessing. Turn to two people and tell them, I'm in it for the relationship. I'm in it for the relationship. I'm in it for the relationship. Look at verse 14 in the NLT. I'm in it for the relationship. I'm in it for the relationship. I'm in it for the relationship. I got saved for the relationship. Unfortunately, a lot of people got saved for the benefit. You know what happens when you seek the benefit? You never stick with the relationship. If you married your wife just for the benefit, she was fine. One day she's going to get old and, and everything going to start dropping. And then you're probably not going to be there no more because you married her for the benefit and not for the intimacy of the relationship. You joined the church not because of the benefit. You, I mean, not because of the relationship of wanting to know Jesus and come close. And you joined the church because there was a benefit you saw. Maybe you had a business and you were going to try to use the church to see if it can enhance your business. Somebody said, I tried God. No, you tried to use God. <laughs> and it didn't work. People have all kinds of reasons for doing what they're doing. And most of it is the benefit. How can I benefit myself by engaging in this relationship? So your motivation for the relationship was the benefit. And when you are benefit-driven instead of relationship-driven, can I, can, I, can I share some notes with you? I believe the blessing is tied to the relationship of God. There was first a relationship between God and Abraham, and then the blessing came out of that relationship to Abraham, and then Abraham experienced, experienced the benefit of God's favor and mercy, and the benefit showed up, and it caused restoration of his wife, and, and gold, and cattle, and all that stuff came, but it all started with a relationship. So we pursue the benefits of a relationship rather than the essence of that relationship. You remember from last week. Only when you pursue a relationship rightly can you enjoy its gifts. And when you have a right relationship with God, then you can enjoy its gifts. But when you pursue the benefits, they never seem to satisfy and you miss out on it all. You remember this guy, I forgot the name of the movie he did, C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis said something that was profound. He just said this, it was a real simple thing statement. He says, first things first, keep first things first, and keep second things second. I'm like, well, that's really insightful. <laughs> no, but listen to what he was saying. Keep first things first, keep second things second, and don't ever make first things second, and don't ever make second things first. You know what happens when you take the benefit and make it, make it first and take God, the relationship, and make it second? You know what happens? You have just entered into, number one, idolatry. And number two, whenever you make second things first and first things second, then you miss out on the first things and the second thing. And if you make the benefits first when they're supposed to be second, and you make God who's supposed to be first and make him second, then you get nothing. And your manifestation is zero. Every day, the question you need to ask yourself is, what's motivating me? Every day, you need to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? 
because we are in something that we call Christianity, but it's not really Christianity, man. We are in something where we are motivated by benefits rather than by the relationship. And so we can't be benefit motivated. When is it ever going to be, I just want you. When is it going to be? Paul, the teacher of grace, said, here's what I want more than anything. I want to know you. And I want to know the fellowship of your suffering. In other words, I want to do my part. I want to know you. I want to know you. When are we going to get to the point as Christians where we're just going to be satisfied by knowing him? But that ain't enough. That ain't enough to know him. You need to do something for me. You, 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 you up there. What have you done for me lately? Bum, bum, bum. No, no, no. And if, if, if that's the only reason you have a relationship with God because you want to see what benefits you can get, I tell you, you're going to walk away from that relationship. You're not going to be there. It's not going to last very long. We'll see you one season and you'll be gone the next season because it didn't work. Well, I tried that, but that didn't work. I prayed, but that didn't work. I gave and that didn't work. I danced and that didn't work. And until you get to the place where I don't care nothing about the benefit of peace or nothing, I know I got him as long as I got him. See, you don't understand that the benefits are not too far behind the relationship. Success is something we all want, but very few of us understand. True success is not defined by money and fame. The truest kind of success begins with God's undeniable presence in our lives. We want you to experience the God kind of success. Your relationship with God is going to take the foolishness out of you. It's going to convince you that's not the best thing to keep doing. It is your right relationship with God that will expose you to the benefit of the blessing. My success comes from me believing in what Jesus has already provided for me. You can also receive today's full message for only $7. Or for $50, you can receive the Grace-Based Success Collection. This popular set includes the Grace-Based Success CD series, the Fight the Fear of Giving CD series, and the Financial Stewardship Midi Book. Order now at CreflodollarMinistries.org or call the number on the screen for more information. This is an awesome experience. We are a team. It's amazing. You've not been called to be ordinary, but extraordinary. Ladies, are you ready to find your worth? Join us at the 2020 Worth Radical Women's Conference, March 19th through the 21st at World Changers Church International and learn just how valuable you are. Once you find out your worth, you will stop giving out discounts. Join Taffy Dollar, Creflo Dollar, Sarah Jakes Roberts, D.D. Freeman, and special musical guests Todd Delaney, Miranda Curtis, and Demita Chandler. Mark my words, this is going to be epic. Join us for three life-changing days at the 2020 Radical Women's Conference, March 19th through the 21st. Reserve your seat today at taffydollar.org or text RADICAL to 51555. After visiting many countries all over the world, we've come to understand that we all have a lot in common and we have very similar vital needs. Our mission teams, they distribute school supplies to children as well as medical supplies, food, clothing, hygiene kits to communities throughout the entire world. Meeting the physical needs of hurting people opens the door to share the gospel of grace with them. 
Thank you so much for helping us to meet these needs. God bless you. Your generosity paves the way for our missions team to aid some of the most impoverished countries in the world. We're able to supply them with much needed resources to meet their physical and spiritual needs. To support this broadcast with your financial donations, simply call in or give online at missions.creflodollarministries.org. Thank you for your faithful support. Thank you, partners and friends. 